0: man. We're going to talk about, I decided not to give you a test. I wanted to go back over it again. Y'all want to say amen? Amen. (laughs) Some of you were looking forward to the test, so the ones that asked me, I can give you one. I'm picking on Kathy. We was talking about church government, so I'm going to go back over that again because God has given me more scriptures, and I want to break it down even the more. So we'll be on one accord about church government and how God has set up government. We learned that government is a group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state. The government is a group of people who control and make decisions for a country or state. And what I'm teaching on is to show how its government— with the country, with the state, it's government, with the church, it's government, with the family. And we need to know how God has set up things so we can operate according to the way God has set things up and not the way man has set things up. If we know the pattern of God and go by his pattern, we will never fail. So in Romans 13, we already went over that scripture and discussing how everything is ordained by God. That means this is the order of God, the way God has set it up. So being that God has set up this order dealing with government and how it's supposed to be, God is the one that put people in um, positions. He has ordained these positions, but we know that man vote people in these positions when it's dealing with the government. But being that these positions are God-ordained, regardless who's in the seat, we're supposed to show respect and honor to the person or the individual, male or female, that's in that seat of office because it's ordained by God. This can be verified in Romans 13, verses 1 through verse 8. We have went over that, and the Scripture is our final authority, and we go by what the Word of God say. We don't go by how we feel because we may not like the male or the female that's in that office, but we have to honor that office, and when we honor that office, we're honoring God. We do not do anything outside of the word of God. If a, a male or female is in position, they're going against what um, we believe, or they're telling us to do something outside of our beliefs, we do not go with that. But we have to honor and respect those that are in authority. Now, when we look at the word of God dealing with that honor, I gave you a scripture in Matthew twenty-two, seventeen through 21. It verifies it in the scripture where Jesus said that we give unto Caesar what belonged to Caesar and we give unto God what belonged to God. So we have to pay our taxes. Some people say, I'm not paying no taxes. Well, you going against what God has set up. So we want to make sure that everything that God has set up We want to do it because when we do that, we're honoring God. That's why the word says again, we pray for those that are in authority. That was in First Timothy, the second chapter. And I'm briefly going over what we already went over. First Timothy, the second chapter, chapters verse 1 through verse 4. We pray for those in authority. Why? So we can lead a quiet and peaceful life. When we don't like what somebody is saying or what somebody is doing, whether it's with the president on down to your job, you're supposed to honor them because they are in authority because you're respecting God. You're doing what God will have for you to do. And I I went over my life and discussed how I went through some things on the job, but I still had to honor the one that was in authority, even though I knew They weren't telling me to do something like kill somebody or anything like that. But they were doing things that was coming against me, and I knew that. But I still had to show respect, and I had to show honor to that person by showing God's love and not showing my emotions. So when we're on the jobs, we're supposed to honor our boss. If our boss is telling us to work overtime and he or she is telling somebody else they don't have to, and you know you're the one working all the time, you're supposed to show honor and respect to them. You don't supposed to come at them and say, wait a minute, I'm not doing nothing because you're not making them do nothing. That's not showing honor and respect. We humbly submit ourselves to those that are in authority. We talked about in 1 Peter 2, verse 13 through um, 24, It lets us know why too because when we honor and respect those that are in authority even when they do us wrong and we're humbling ourselves, they're seeing the God in us and through us they're knowing who we belong to because everything is not gonna be good for us because of who we are but when we show the love of God regardless of how they act or what they do people will perceive us of being who we are now that we are in him and when you humbly submit yourself up under the mighty hand of God, the Bible says he will exalt you when? And season. So we want to make sure that people see us as being kingdom, kingdom, God's children. We don't want people to see us like, you know, Satan children, because that's not who we belong to. So we honor the ones that are in authority. By doing that, we're honoring God. When you go on, on your job, you do it unto God and not unto man. This is what we mess up at. We try to do things unto man for man to praise us. When you go do it unto God, they will know that God is there on the job. I gave you examples. Daniel, y'all know what happened to Daniel in Daniel chapter 1. He didn't want to eat from the king's table. Daniel didn't go to those people and say, let me tell you something. I'm not eating that mess. I don't care what you say, I'm not eating it, it's against my belief, and I'm not eating that man. (laughs) Daniel didn't do that. What did Daniel do? Daniel asked. He came to the one that was in authority, and he asked them. And what the the man did, he gave him permission, and I believe why he gave him that permission, because God gave Daniel favor by changing that man's heart, because God wanted to be glorified. God showed up and showed out. Why? Because Daniel humbled himself. He didn't look at himself. He looked to God because he was there to honor God and for God to get the glory. And in order for God to get the glory, we humble ourselves. God cannot get any glory through our pride. He cannot get any glory through our selfishness trying to make it all about us. I talked about David, and we talked about how David, he knew that Saul was wrong. That's in 1 Samuel, what was it, chapter 24 and 26? It talked about David. David had two opportunities to kill Saul, did he not? Two opportunities. But David, when he cut off um, Saul's robe, he felt so bad. He felt very bad because he knew that Saul was still in position. Even David was getting set up, getting prepared for the position. He was already anointed for kingship. But Saul was still in that position. So being that he hold the position, and even if Saul was wrong, David still honored that position because he was honoring God. So he did it again. You remember, um, it was twice, but David still, he honored Saul. He said, touch not my anointed, do my prophet What? Because he knew that he was in that position. That was God's set up position. So he said, if I come against him, I'm coming against God. So that's how we supposed to see it. He didn't like what Saul was doing. David had two times he could have killed Saul. But because of who he knew he was in God, he didn't do that. And that's what we should do. When people do you wrong, it's not for you to retaliate with what they're doing unto you. It's for us to humble ourselves. It's for us to go pray for our enemy. And say, God, you know how I feel right now. You know, already know what they were going to do and when they were going to do it. But, God, I'm humbly submit myself to you because there's a plan and there's a purpose for me here on the job. There's a plan and a purpose for me to be in this position that I'm in. So, Lord, I need your help. So, the Lord will tell you what to do. And some things that he tell you to do, everybody love this scripture. Bless those who curse you, don't we? I don't think we do. Because when people do you so dirty, you don't want to bless them. You want to kill them. Let's just be honest. You already murdered them before you blessed them, right? But we don't supposed to do that. The more you come in fellowship, the more you have that relationship with God, you'll be able to love your worst enemy. Even when you see your enemy doing you wrong, you will give them more love than they really deserve. Why? Because you have the heart of God. So we're talking about... How God has set up the government and how we as the people of God should be presenting ourselves even in the midst of these situations. I talked about a while back, we fighting more over politics. If we spend more time in the Bible, like we spend fighting over these presidents and over these different positions, y'all, we will blow up the places that we at. People are killing people over politics. These are church folks. They're fighting. And the reason why is because they don't understand government. Regardless of who's in that seat, you respect the position. You don't go talk about them. You pray over them and say, God, they do not know what they're doing. Go through the Bible. There were kings in position. God's people were up under those kings. But they did not go over those kings. They prayed. That's why it takes prayer. They prayed to God concerning every situation, and God ended up shining, did he not? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were up under that king, say, you're going to bow down to me? They said, no, I'm not, because I'm not bowing down to any other God. But they were showing respect unto that king, so they knew, we're getting ready to die. (laughs) You know, we're going in here, they're going to put us to death, but it doesn't matter, because I'm not bowing down to no other God, except the God I serve. And guess what? They come out not even smelling like smoke. And guess what? It changed the Babylonians. It let them know that our God is higher than their God's. And that's what we're supposed to do, y'all. We're supposed to make a difference even with government. Even on our jobs, people are supposed to see us differently. So we talked about the government. We talked about positions. We talked about paying whom we owe. The Bible says that we owe no man nothing Y'all reading the same Bible I'm reading? Why is it that we go out and get these loans and we smiling at the one that's giving us the loan and knowing deep down in your heart you're not going to pay it? We smile all the way to the bank, smile leaving the bank, then when the payment come up, we ain't smiling, we frowning. I just ain't got it. But the Bible tells us to owe no man nothing but to love them. See, when we take and take things from man because all of us we have house payments we have car payments you don't get stuff and think you don't pay for it that's out of line that's out of order that's not the way God set things up our hearts supposed to be God I owe this God I really want to pay it but I just don't have the money right now to pay it God show me what you want me to do I don't know about you but I got so mad y'all years ago creditors used to call my house and yes I did get them credit cards yes I did yes I did and I blew them up I ran them up and then it was time to pay them the interest was I'm telling you the interest was just oh just fluctuating one minute you're paying 50 the next month you're paying 75 I'm like y'all trying to take everything I got but they knew what they were doing right but I was ignorant to it so look I'm getting bold and I said so I ain't answering the phone I know that number don't answer that phone Because I'm not paying these people. But when I started fellowshipping and getting into the word of God more, I was like David. I didn't feel right. It was just something heavy on me. And I said, Lord, this is not right. I need to pay these people. But I really don't have the money to pay them. Lord, please help me. Show me what to do. So I remember the first thing he showed me to do was to answer the phone. I said, I don't know about that now because I, 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 I don't know about answering the phone now, Lord. So he told me what to tell him, y'all, and it was funny. So, you know, the thing that we normally say that we hear older people say, you can't get blood out of a turnip. Anyway, I didn't tell him that. So when they called me and they asked me, they said, Miss Bryant, do you know um, when you can make this payment? I said, yes, sir. I said, i tell you what. When my father give me the money, I'll give it to you. But do you know when your father going to give you the money? No, I do not know. But I assure you, when he give it to me, I'll give it to you. That was wisdom, wasn't it? So, guess what? God gave me not only for one credit card, but three. Paid them all off. You know why? Because he said, oh, when I saw, oh, no man, nothing but to love him. I said, God, how can I serve you and not pay in who I owe? I remember it was a woman and she said she was a prophet. I ain't going to say she wasn't, but that's what she said she was. We all need some learning, right? So she told me they called her house and she told them, I'm too anointed. Too anointed to pay the bill. But everybody was going to her to get a word. That don't line up with me. Say, I'm too anointed for them to be calling my house. You wasn't too anointed when you took out that bill. Mm -hmm. So see, this is what I'm talking about. When we ask the church, line up with God's way of doing things, we do it his way. And we don't do it with manipulation. We don't do it with deceit. We don't do that. We do it God's way. So we went over a lot more things dealing with that. But that was the first part we went over, dealing with um, the authority, um, dealing with the government, and how we have to respect the government. And when we do that, we're honoring God because God ordained it. That means God set up these positions the way he wanted it to be. And we honor those positions because of God, even if we don't like it, we honor those positions. We may not like the male or the female, whoever's in that position, but we honor that position. And it'll keep us in prayer to ask God, God, how do you want me to pray? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Because right now, this ain't right, God. But the problem is with us people, all of us, tell you what the problem is. If they set something that don't fit what we want. Y'all forgetting who you are. Go back through the word. They were in Egypt. The plagues happened in Egypt. But over there in Goshen. God set his people up. When there was a famine. They were in the midst of the famine. But they got through the famine. Because God was getting the glory. When gas prices go up. God is going to take care of that. You don't have to be scared to go anywhere because if God took care of you when they were down, he's going to take care of you when they raise them up because he's God almighty. So this is why we get afraid of this and we end up talking. I'm going to say it foolishness. We get mad when we go to the gas tank. You ain't put number five dollars in there anyway. You ain't going to go but too far. So, so far, but what we do is when we honor God, God give us what we need and God will tell you how to pray over these things and what to decree and declare because it ain't all about you. Everybody is going through, not only your house, but God show us how to go through. That was part one. Part two, we're talking about, now, why we need government. Let me go over that. If we did not have government, and laws wasn't set based on government. Y'all know there would be chaos. And the Bible it says in Judges seventeen six. in those days, there were no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Come on, y'all. We run stop signs because we think it's right until we get caught. And we still think it's right. And we say we had a complete stop. And no, you roll right through that stop sign. And you asked in the cop, why you stop me? And you know you roll through it. You're going over the speed limit. But you're saying, why you stop me? They were going faster than I was, but you were going over the speed limit. So if they did not have laws for speed limits, if they didn't have all of this in place, y'all, it would be a hot mess. If they didn't have the cops, if they didn't have Navy, if they didn't have Army, if they didn't have all of these things, we would be in a mess. So we have to have these things so we honor people that are in position. Y'all, when you see a state trooper, y'all know. We know what we do. We honor that position, don't we? But me and my husband is along the road. Me, I just drive like a snail. Yes, I do drive. You may not see me, but yes, I do. I'm like Jesus. You you don't see me when you need to see me, but I'm driving. So my husband, he drives. He keeps up. And I'll be over there on the side, and I'll be like, Bring it on down. Bring it on down. Why well, you expect to get where you going? We're gonna get there. So look, then when I see the state trooper, I'm like, honey, why are you scared of them? Ain't that I'm scared? That's authority. I recognize authority, right? You remember that time, honey? We was going somewhere, and where was we at? Well, we're coming back. You got pulled over. Yeah, you got pulled over, remember? (laughs) And he was speeding. Were you not speeding? Do you know that cost us something? Right? Right, honey? He couldn't get a lawyer he was familiar with. He had to get a lawyer way up there to Raleigh somewhere. Because he was in their jurisdiction. My husband didn't fuss. He knew he was speeding. So if we didn't have that law, can you imagine... What would be going on on the highways when you're out there if you didn't have all these laws? Why do we think, y'all? This is what I don't understand. We can break laws, and we think it's okay. But somebody say something ill against you, and it ain't okay. What's the difference? Let's back it up. Let's talk. Somebody say something against you, it ain't okay. You need to apologize. You go 100 miles per hour on i 40, and it's okay. I always get this silence on Tuesday nights. (laughs) Proverbs 14, 12 said, There is a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to death. That's why we need to do it God's way. When we do it God's way, we don't have to have a fear of nothing. Have y'all noticed when you're not doing things right, you're scared? I don't know about you committing adultery men and women you're scared don't want to get caught but you're doing it see what I'm saying that's something that God put in place he said don't we feel like we need to do it so we have a fear look at Adam and Eve they had a fear because they were out of what God told them to do that's why that fear comes anytime you are out of the will of God guess what Fear is going to come because you know what you're doing, you should not do. That's why God has to have order. Next thing we talked about, this was a big one last week. Y'all ready to start it again? I went to 1 Timothy 1, verse 9 through verse 10, and it says that laws, the laws is not for the righteous. It's for the unrighteous. Y'all don't, let me explain that. When we know what to do is right, we ain't going to go out there and try to do nothing that's wrong, right? Because we want to make sure we do it right because we're honoring who? God. So these laws of, of the land, not that we're not a part of it, but we shouldn't be trying to get over, you know, or trying to do like the world is doing because we want to make sure we are in alignment with what God tells us to do. So let's go back over this authority in the home. We talked about this last week. I had to go back because God was showing me some more stuff. I said, God, this is so good. So good. So good. So he set up authority in the home, just like he set it up on jobs, just like he set it up um, with the government. First is the father it's the mother and it's the children. Why is it set up that way? Because that's the way God, that's God's way. When we go back to Genesis, it shows us that God created male and female in what? His image. He said, let us make them what? In our likeness, in our, image, in our image, in our likeness. So it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was three of them, right? But all three represent one, right? They're one. But all three have specific roles. I want y'all to catch it. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Every last one of them have pacific roles, but they're one. So when God started out, he started out, let us make man. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus, go to the Father. He submit to the Father. The Holy Spirit, go to Jesus. And Jesus, go to the Everything is order. God created order, not chaos. God is about peace, not confusion. So when we know what order is, that's why the church have to be taught what God's order is, what God's pattern is. And we won't have so much division in church. The reason why we have so much division in church, somebody want to be in charge. And they don't want to follow God's order, God's way of doing things. So his father, his mother, and his children. When God created man, he created male and female, but they were spirit beings. So God took a body and created a body from the dust, right? He formed man. And that man that he formed was male and female. That female was already in that man. He called them Adam. That's what he called them. So after he created that man, that man was nothing but a body. The body was lifeless. He you know, put breath in the body. He put the spirit in the body. It became a living soul. But after that, what did God do? He took man and he put man in that garden. He put man in a place where he wanted him to be. So when he put man in that place, he told the man, he said, I want you to keep this garden. I want you to dress this garden. He gave him the command. Did he not? Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I'm trying to make it quick. But I want to show y'all something. So when he put Adam there, Eve was already in Adam. But he put that man in that garden. He said, keep it and dress it. He said, I want you to guard this garden. So what am I saying to you women? God created man. He was in the garden first to keep it and watch over it, right? He gave him that place. He gave him that right, right? So what God did when he gave him that place, he told him what to do. He named the animals, but he said, it's not good for man to be alone. He need a helpmate. So God knew that that man needed a helpmate, and that helpmate was already in man. They were already one, but God said, I got to pull them out of man because he said, I told man, male and female, I want you to have dominion. I want you to replenish. I want you to subdue that one man can't do it by itself. I'm going to have to pull a woman out of man so I can have the earth replenished and I want you to replenish it. So when he put Adam to sleep, there was Eve, right? But understand this, ladies. Don't go after a man who can't take care of himself. Listen what I say. You want to get a man that's set up. Let me say it again. When Eve got pulled out of Adam, Adam was already in paradise. Adam was already set up the way God wanted him to be set up. God already had order right there. There was that man, he placed man in that garden. I don't want you to be alone. I'm going to give you a helpmate to walk alongside of you. He didn't pull Eve out of his head. He pulled him out of his side. Meaning that women quit trying to turn the head. He made man head. And men don't get too excited. Because it mean when he made you head, it mean that he gave you a rank, a order. He didn't give you domination. That mean, he said, I'm making you head. He created man, put him in the garden. He said, but I'm going to give you a helpmate so she can walk alongside of you and help you with what I have given you. But I have given both of y'all the same dominion. So that woman is there to help the man. Now, this is what people say. I'm there to turn the head of that man. Sometimes a woman do have to turn that head. You know why? Because you marrying some men that are lazy, don't want to work, always on the couch, trying to tell you I'm priest, trying to tell you stuff that they just don't do. So we need to know how God orchestrated. He set up man to be the head because that's God's order. That's the way God set things. That's a rank. There's an order. Government has order. It has a rank. Principalities and powers have order. They have rank. The principality is the highest one. It's the prince. Then you go on down with the powers. Then you go on down to what? Um, wickedness in high places, darkness, all of that is ranks. It's, his kingdom is set up in ranks. It's an order with God. So when he put man there, he put man there as the head because the man have to protect the family. He have to be a protector. But guess what I love about this, the way God did it. He always set it up right. When he put Adam there, Eve was there to walk alongside Adam, to help Adam. They were there to work together in union as one. When Eve got pulled from Adam, the first thing Adam says that this is bone on my bone. This is flesh of my flesh. So he recognized Eve as being a part of him. Men, you got to recognize your wives as being a part of you. It ain't no separation. That means that you're one. God want us to be one. That is his order. Man is the head of that home. Because that's how God did it. The woman is there to help the man to carry out. Everything that God would have to be carried out. So now that they are together, God began to show me this. In Genesis 3, guess what the enemy want to do? He want to mess up God's way of doing things. He want things out of order. He want chaos. He want chaos in your home. He want chaos on your job. He want chaos to be all the way around. Why? Because he want to mess up the plan and purposes of God. He don't want order. He don't want what God has already orchestrated. So what he have to do is use man to come against the plans and purposes of God. So we see this is what happened with Adam and Eve. In verse 16, this is why um, women are like they are today. Genesis three sixteen. Then God said to the woman, I will cause you to have much trouble or increase your pain when you are pregnant and childbearing, and when you give birth to children, you will have great pain. You will you will greatly desire. Check this out. The word implies a desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Women today have a desire, and it's through the fall, to control their mate, and that's not the way God set it up. That's what that means in the book of Genesis when it says. That, that, in, that woman would have a desire. It says a desire for that man. When you look up the word desire in Hebrew, that means she want to rule over that man. She want to control that man. That's why we have Jezebels. Women want to have dominance over man. They want to be the head. But God set man to be the head because that's his order. Everywhere you go, you got to have head. You got to have the one that's in authority. Businesses wouldn't run right because God, he will give a business to the person that he give it to. And then that person will start, you know, giving people different positions on jobs. You have CEO, CFO. What else is it? Directors. You have supervisors. All of it is in rank and you never get to that CEO until they go through them ranks. Is that not Right. But people are trying to get to the CEO and haven't been to the supervisor yet or haven't been to the managers yet because they want to get the person that hurt them in trouble. So they bypass all that and it's not order. And then they bring you right back down and say, did you check with so-and-so first? Why are they in my office? Then they fire you for allowing them to come to them. How did they get this far? They're not following the chain of command. So God put man first because that's his order. He did not put man there to dominate women. He did not put man there to be in control of a woman. He put man there for a reason. He needed that authority there. The one that would be the authority in that home. So we have to remember how God did those things. So by Eve disobeying the rule that God had given her... He said, okay, your desire now is going to be to control that man. That's not my way of doing things. How many women today is trying to control a man? Telling them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and this is how you're going to do it. And if you don't do it this way, you're going to see me. You got some men that's Ahabs. They're scared of Jezebel. Men, I'm telling you tonight, if you grab this teaching... And get in your position. But you got to get in your position. That's why God is taking me back to this. Men, you need to rise up in your position. That's why women are having so much control. I got to say it. Women are having control because men are not rising up. And they're blaming it on you a jazzy. She ain't no jazzy. You ain't taking the reins. So the woman got to rise up and do what needs to be done in the family because the husband don't want to work. Don't want to do nothing um, outside, inside the house. And the woman doing everything, but yet he giving orders to say, where's your check? No, 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 no. Women quit falling for any and everything. You do not fall for a man that don't have nowhere to lay his head. Except in mom and daddy house. I got to go there. Because the word tells me, Adam said this, because he knew the order of God. He said, now a man shall leave... (laughs) his father and his mother and he shall cleave unto his wife that means he's cleaving he is joined to his wife that's why women if you got a man that's always at mama house and gonna come home and tell you what mama's doing something's wrong with that picture you ain't like my mom i remember one time my husband told me y'all was so good Grandma and them taught me how to make biscuits. I just didn't know how to shape them. They were toe up with shaping them, but I knew how to bring them together. So he was in there watching Fred Sanford. So he always laughing at Fred Sanford. So I fixed his food. I bought him his food. You know, I bought him his food. He, I was working. He was working. But, hey, I was raised, you know. I'm bringing my man his food. Some of you women, do you give your man his plate? Or you say, get up get it yourself. I work, too. But he always—he's a witness. He always got his food. I always fixed his plate. So I went in there with the biscuits and everything, and all of a sudden I went back in the kitchen. I heard him just laughing. I said, Fred Sanford, mighty funny today." So I went back in there. I said, "What you laughing at?" These some big biscuits. He talking about—he talking about my mama. My mama don't make them this way, y'all. I wasn't saved. And I said, "I tell you what, you and that biscuit can go to your mama house." Yeah. I didn't know how to curse, then y'all. I wasn't a curse. Honest to goodness, I wasn't a curse. Did I know how to curse, honey? I didn't never curse him because I don't know nothing about that. But he laughed at my biscuits. Well they good, but they just don't look like my mamas. Go to your mama's house with the biscuit. But these are things that, that happen to you in marriage. Amen. I know we got some other women in here that husband talk about, the food talk about ain't like mamas. They ain't left mama house yet, right? But anyway, so this is what we supposed to do. A man's supposed to leave his mother and father's house, and he's supposed to cleave to his wife. That means ain't no more mama and daddy. You are joined together. You are one. Me and your wife come before your mama and your daddy. And if you put mother and daddy ahead of your wife, then you are out of order. If you're putting children ahead of your wife, you are out of order, men. Oh, we're going to talk. I had to back up, y'all. God was just blowing it up today. I'm like, Whoa, Jesus. Well, let me check myself before I go in here with all this because I I feel like I'm doing all right. So I asked him, I said, you you got authority in this house, don't you? (laughs) Serious business. Did I not ask you that? I said, do you feel like you got authority, honey? I had to check myself. And the reason why I checked myself, because I knew he had it. But I had to get it out in the open to ask him, do you know you got authority in this house? See, he's the head. But let me tell you what that means, too, y'all. So when, when Adam recognized Eve as being his one and only, he was his one and only. Listen, men, this is my one and only mean it was just Eve that's all it was it was just Eve this is who God gave you Adam she come out of you flesh of your flesh bone of your bone so we can back that up y'all in the New Testament when God began to say in Ephesians 5 21 submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God that submitting mean that's a ruling and that's a ranking Mean that wife's supposed to know the order of God, the way God have things. But you know why God is breaking that down? In verse 22, it said, wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husband as a service to the Lord. Who's the woman doing it to? Because she knows this is the way that God has it to be. Why is it in today's society, Christian women, they ain't adapting themselves to their husbands? And there's a reason why. I'm gonna give you the next verse. For the husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, himself the savior of his body. As the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. That mean women. When God made that man head, and I have to get more deeper in this so, men, you can understand your position and not getting out of position. That husband is there. It says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. If a husband don't know Christ's love, I'm going to start right there. It started out with Adam. Adam had to hear God. Men, If you ain't spending time with God, you ain't hearing what God has to say. Because if you spend time with him, remember, Christ is the head of the man. That means that man goes to God, dealing with his family. He's a praying man. He's seeking God at all times concerning, y'all better catch this, his family. When Christ loved the church, he loved the church so much, he died for the church. Man, you got to die to you because now you have a wife. You got to die. That's what Christ had to do. He had to die to what he wanted, to how he felt, to I can't buy me a pair of shoes, but I'm going to get my baby a pair. I can't get me a steak, but baby, I want you to have a steak. I can't get this, baby. But I want you to have it, baby. I'm dying to myself. That's how much Christ loved us, baby. They don't act like they respect me, but they're gonna respect you. That's dying, and You got to die. That's why He used this with the man first. He put you in a rank, in a position. And that position, first of all, is for you to know him. When you know him, you're not going to have a problem with loving your wife the way Christ loved the church. You ain't going to be making her do something that's outside of the will of God because you know that ain't Christ's way of doing. All this funny mess in the bedroom, I, nope. That ain't love. You there to cherish her? You there to protect her? You there making sure all of her needs are met, just the way Christ done us is the way you should do your wife. It say so you should love her the way Christ loved the church. That mean that your needs might have to wait because you see what she's in the need. She might need to be comforted. Not just laid on top of. She might just need for you to talk to her. Not getting what you want. Oh, Lord. y'all, I got to open up the marriage and singles conference again. Because I'm scaring some of you. She might not need all that lip tonight. She just need for you to sit still and she just want to talk to you. She just want to communicate with you. Is it quiet in here or what? She might not need the flowers. She just might need you to talk to her. So when you do it God's way, men, you're going to cherish her. Until death do you part. In sickness and in health. In richness and in poor. It starts with you, men, not the woman. The woman should not be the one. That's bringing in the bread and the butter and the bacon. And you're allowing her to do it and you laid back waiting on it. Women, if you got a man like that, that ain't godly. It's quiet in here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. If I want some peace, the only thing I got to do is preach. Preach myself happy. It says, the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives also be subject in everything to their husbands. A wife can be subject to her husband when that wife see that husband loving her. It don't take much for a wife to do these things when she's receiving the love of God from that man. Y'all, I'm going to be honest with y'all. Before I met that man, I knew how to love a man. Women, before you meet any man, you need to know how to love a man. Because my first man was Jesus. Didn't really know him like that. But the household I was raised in, I had godly grandparents. See, God, he know what he do when he put you in a certain place. I had godly grandparents that my grandfather, he cherished my little grandmother. He didn't let nobody walk up in his house and cause disturbance. He said, Look at here. You got a house. Go to it. If you said a curse word in his house, he said, "Uh uh-uh. Not up in here. You go to your house. He kept order in his home. He kept prayer in his home. See, when you love your wife the way Christ loved the church, you're gonna keep prayer. In your home. The men should be the ones bringing the wives to church. They should be the example. You see most of the women praying to bring the man to church. Some men come to church just to get a woman. Once they get the woman, they pull the woman out of church too. Sneaky. That's what the devil do. Trying to do something. They ain't got no business. Keep your hands to yourself. Y'all don't know the devil come to church. He just need a body to come into to come to church. Everything that say, Lord, Lord, don't know him. Women, this is why you're getting these attributes tonight. So you'll quit looking for men because you're lonely. Or because you need somebody to share the bedroom with. Uh -uh. We're going to do it in order. The way God wanted to be done. When you do it God's way, God know what you need and when you need it. Women, he got to prepare you for a man. Granddad always told me a good man, find a, a, no, a, a good woman is found at home. I said, Granddad, come on now. I said, you expect me to stay in this house and a man find me? What you talking about? Granddad was letting me know going out to these clubs ain't going to find you what you need. He said, a good woman is at home. I've tried to figure that thing out for years, y'all, but I understand it, because he got a good woman. He got to pick up a little. (laughs) I'm picking on my husband tonight, y'all. My husband know what he got. Tell him, honey. Tell him. He know he got a good woman. I ain't saying you women not good because we got some good women up here at Miracle Temple. You still fight us, though, but we're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it down. We're going to bring it down. We done got Sister Niece at a place so Willie ain't getting beat up no more. So we good. <laughs> we good, Willie? We good. Willie say he good, men. He good. <laughs> so what I'm saying is it has to be order in the house of God. If you, knew, if you know God's order, men... You will quit trying to dominate these women and be a dictator. You will quit trying to say, I'm priest of the home and you ain't bought no bacon. You ain't bought no car. You ain't bought nothing. You driving a Cadillac and she driving a Humpty. That ain't cherishing your wife. You supposed to give her the best car it is. And if you have to go ahead and, and go to work at 20 miles per hour, she's supposed to get the best. You don't supposed to be out there looking like super fly and she trying to figure out how she's going to make it to work. And let me tell y'all something. Y'all know why I don't know about gas prices because I never have to fill my car. Up. He doesn't. When I go to the gas pump, I said, which side is the um, Don't know. Don't he know how to put my debit card in there. I learned. I did. I sure did. And he feel bad. When that car don't have the gas and I get in it, he feel bad. He won't let me drive a car that's dirty. He said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you can't drive that one. I haven't cleaned." I said, "It's okay. Where about this car?" He said, "No, no, 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 no. You can't drive that car." I used to get mad at that, but no, I don't get mad because see, that's his thought. He's the head. He cherishes me, y'all. He cherishes me. If I say, honey, you know, I have a taste for something. What you want? I go get it. (laughs) Why am I telling y'all this? It takes a good man to make a good woman. Because, see, the more he cherishes me and loves me, I don't mind stirring up some pots and pans. I don't mind making sure he got his plate before anybody else's. And let me tell y'all something. When we go somewhere, he get fed and my daddy get fed next. I remember we was in line, me and my sisters in line, and we getting ready to eat, and I always tell my husband, come on, come on, come on, get in the line, get in the line. And I look at my sisters, I say, okay, you're going to fix it, huh? I say, daddy, what you want? Let me tell y'all something about Jesus. When you got the love of God in you, being selfish have to go. Even in the church, I always tell people, need them know, these elders in this church, I don't want them paying for their food. I want their food paid for when we have dinners. Now don't try to be over seven then, you know you ain't. <laughs> I don't try tried up in here. <laughs> but we want to make sure, we, we want to make sure they are respect it. The way, y'all, I was raised in a house that granddaddy kept order. That's why I say my husband was getting something good. Because I was raped, it starts out this way. We're going to get to the churn, as they say. But y'all, this is getting so good, I can't get to the churn the next time. Because we got to make sure that you have women what you need and quit going to get everything because your friend got somebody that looked good driving a, a car and credit cards all tore up and then they getting married and then she find out, oh, Lord, how we going to make it? Baby, I got to work girlfriend. I got to work two jobs to keep the lights on. This nigga don't do nothing up in here. That's what they call him. That's what they call him. That's what they say. I had one girl to stand up in church and say she got up and the Lord touched her. Bless her soul. She got up and she was getting ready to testify. She said, I'm tired of that rascal. (laughs) She had enough. But you know what I tell these women when they come to me for counseling? That's what you chose. That's whom you choose to be with. So why are you complaining? Get in the word. Because the Bible even tell us y'all how we supposed to carry ourselves so they'll be worn over by the word. We complain about before we coming down the aisle just smiling, can't wait. Get up in that house and there's holes in the wall. Dishes full of, sink full of dishes. And the husband is praying hard as he can to ask the Lord, what in the world have I done? it's done now that's why I love that song I don't mind waiting on the Lord y'all need to be singing that when you're going after women or going after men mm-hmm. how far have I got miracle temples as Missy say Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Men, you cleanse your wife through the word of God. How do you do this? By living according to the word. By taking your family to church. By being in fellowship together. Nobody's left out, but in society today... The mama have to go to church to get her something to try to stay in the home. She lead the kids and the daddy there. I ain't got time for them right now. I got to get my own self right. If I bring all them up in church, I won't be able to pay attention. But we supposed to all come together. That's supposed to be that man's role, y'all. That man's supposed to be in a place with God. That he can pray for you when you're sick. That he can be your strength when you're weak. And say, you know what, I got this, lean on me. I got you. I got... That man right there, y'all, I be ministering in this church and I'll step back. I say, I ain't no soul, but that 14 shoe behind me. I know that's my husband. <laughs> he be so close to me. I'm, I'm like, okay. But he do that because that's the love that he has for me. And he has that love for me because I show the respect to him. We respect one another. we in this together. We don't let our kids try to tear us apart. My daughter, Aria, she's so funny, y'all. She's so hilarious because this man right here, he loves him some good oatmeal cookies, right? He loves sweets. And I'm going to have to cut it off. It's getting good, but I got a lot more, but we're going to wait. He loves sweets. So me as his wife, when I see him overindulging himself, I say, honey, you can't get no more. That's enough. My daughter, her picking self, she would be on the phone at school. She say, "You the husband? How how she say it? You your husband? You gonna let her tell you what to do?" And laughing all on the phone. You the husband? You gonna let her tell you what to do? And he tell my Eric, "I ain't gonna eat it. I ain't gonna eat it. Eric, I ain't gonna eat it." So Ari like, "Go ahead and eat it, daddy. Go ahead and eat it. You the man. You the man." He'll eat it. He'll come in the room. I said, "Why did you eat that?" Then she, no, before he come in the room, she'll call me mama. Daddy ate that oatmeal cookie. (laughs) This is what we do, laughing at each other. So he'll get in there he'll try to put on his belt, you know, his pants like a man. I say, honey, now why did you eat that? You know you had something earlier. Well, you always worrying about what I'm eating. I say, okay, okay. So (laughs) the other night, two nights ago, I remember my husband eating one of them big oatmeal cookies. That big. Wasn't that big? So I watched him eat it. So I told him, he said, you want something out the kitchen? I said, yeah, bring me um, some of them Fig Newton's. He said, okay. So he walked in there, hands full. <laughs> I said, "Why Take two hands. Big as them hands is for just my?" I said, bring me two Fig Newtons two y'all. I limit myself. Give me two. I said, I'm hands mighty thick for two fig newtons. He laid them down. I said, what's in that other napkin? I opened it up. He had seven. I said, wait a minute. Hold up, buddy. I said, you know, you just ate that oatmeal cookie. Dang, I forgot I ate the oatmeal cookie. I said, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I did? I grabbed all them cookies except four I ate my two and set the other two over there in a napkin. Didn't fuss. Why am I saying this? We compliment each other. We're there to help one another. Because I love him and he loves me. We remind each other. Because gluttony is a sin. So if he brings sin in our house, guess what? I got to deal with it. So this is what I'm saying, men and women of God. Do not go into a marriage with no man that, first of all, have a job and still with his mama and daddy. Wait, let me say this. He may still be with his mother and daddy, but if he's trying to get out the home and set up a home and saying, baby, I can't marry you yet because I need to set up my way. I need to have a place for us to go. Do not marry a man that's going to bring you in their mom and daddy' house. Oh, that's where the rubber going to meet the road. You better make sure you' safe, sanctified and really feel. Because you're in somebody else's house, and when you're in somebody else's house, you go by their rules. You go by what they say. I don't care how grown you are. Listen to this, young folk. You may be 45 in your mom and daddy house, but you still got to go by their rule, because you're in their house. And if you don't want to go by their rule, you got to get out of their house. My son would tell me, I'm a man, mama. I said, well, a man pay his own bills. When you pay your bills, mama, I make my car payment. When you make light bill, water bill, house payment, you a man, baby. I said, you doing all that? Mama, you know I ain't doing all that when you ain't no man yet. Hush. Mama, you trying to tell me what to do and I'm grown. grown man get his own house. He know. That's how we raise him up. You don't come up in here telling me nothing. If you want to come in my house, you be in here at this time. I'm grown, okay? Let's see how grown you are. One night I'm up, y'all. I saw this big jolly green giant sneaking by my door. I said, where are you going? You know what time it is? Mama, I thought you were asleep. <laughs> he was. <laughs> that one was. But mama wasn't. you got to have a watchman on the wall. And then I hit him. What you going to do? What you going to do? Mama investigate and the head handle it. Mama's the tattletale. Y'all didn't know? So what I'm saying tonight, we're going to go over the way God does things. And if you go over the way God does things, you will not be in a hurry trying to do things the way you think they need to be done women let God prepare you for that mate and women that's been by yourself so long woo, woo you're gonna really know Athea Lofton because when he send you a man you're gonna be submissive you're gonna know how to honor that man because you honoring Christ amen